Good morning. Welcome to Crestview Inspiration, a ministry of encouragement from Crestview Baptist Church in Canton, North Carolina. We want to share with you sweet songs of worship and an uplifting word from the scriptures. While you listen, may the spirit of grace flow from heaven into your heart and home, right where you are. Secret place 
folks. I'm so glad to be with you, and I want to share a message today from Daniel chapter 3. It's been on my heart, this message about through the fire as we go through this coronavirus and this lockdown time. I want to share a passage out of Daniel chapter 3. 
It's the story of Nebuchadnezzar, the king who made a huge statue, 100 feet tall, set it up in the plain of Dura and said, Everybody, when you hear the sound of the music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound, they fell down and worshiped. However, there were certain men that did not. Verse 12 says, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you're ready at the sound of the music, you shall fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good, but if you do not worship, then you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated, and he commanded certain mighty men who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Beloved, God will prevail for you in the fire of adversity. I'm going to give to you six principles out of the scripture that you can apply and I can apply to our lives to help us go through the fire of adversity. Number one, make a prior decision that you will always honor God. When we pick up the story of these three Hebrew young men, we pick it up as the exile of the Jews from Jerusalem occurred in 586 B.C., and they were shipped off to Babylon from Jerusalem. And these wise young men, they were the cream of the crop, and Daniel was with them were sent to this mighty kingdom, and Nebuchadnezzar was the king, and it was there that this happened. But if you pick up the text in chapter 1, we see that these young teenage men, who all became eunuchs, 
uh, to serve the king were tested in the very beginning of their arrival there. The scripture tells us that the king wanted to feed them rich food and feed them pork and feed them wine, and they uh, did not want to. And so the scripture says they didn't want to defile themselves. They Daniel 1.8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. So he requested that the chief of the eunuchs let them eat vegetables and to eat water, drink water, and let uh, an examination be of their appearance to see if they were not more healthy than the other ones. And so that happened, and sure enough, uh, the face of Daniel and his three friends was more healthy than the other young trainees. And therefore, because they did not want to dishonor God, God honored them. They made a prior decision. Now, let me just say this. When this test came in chapter 3, they had already made a decision to honor God and, and do His commands. They knew they were in a pagan nation. They knew they were in a, in a culture that was anti-God and anti-God's commands, but it didn't matter. They had already made a decision. They would not violate God's commands. And the very first commandment that God gave in the, in the law of Moses is that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. They knew the Lord's command that they were not to bow down to another God. And these young men had made this decision years before this trial came to them. But the second principle I want to give you is prepare yourself by prayer and faith. We see in chapter 2 the story of Daniel and the king's dream. The Bible says that the king had a dream, and he was so disturbed he called his sorcerers and his wise men to interpret the dream, but they wanted the king to tell them what he dreamed, but he refused to. And he said, unless anyone can describe the dream I had and give its interpretation, every counselor and wise man and the court would be put to death. As Daniel was part of that entourage, he didn't even know. And his three friends, they were scheduled to be executed. So Daniel asked the prime minister uh, what was going on when he heard about it, and Daniel asked him to allow him some time, along with his Jewish friends, to seek God for the meaning of the dream. And so the prime minister went to the king and that said okay and Daniel began to pray and he said to his three young leaders help me pray that God will reveal this dream and the meaning of it and sure enough as Daniel went to bed that night God revealed in a vision the dream and the meaning of the dream and God allowed Daniel and his three friends to stand in the gap and pray and to glean this valuable knowledge by supernatural revelation of what the king dreamed to not only cast a vision for what was going to happen, which it was, a future of the kingdoms, which we don't have time to discuss, but also that their lives would be spared. And they were spared, and Daniel was elevated to the highest level in the land. 
and its three friends were elevated in the kingdom. I want to tell you that they were prepared because they had been praying and trusting God before the statue of chapter 3. And then we come to the text uh, that the king got arrogant. He got the big head. We would say he decided, well, hey, if I'm going to be the head of this this set of kingdoms, I'm just going to go ahead and be glorified right now. I'll build a statue and require everybody in the kingdom to worship it. And when he did, in his arrogance, he violated what God's command was. And the, the three Hebrew children said, no, we can't do it. And I want to tell you the third principle is face the angry enemy with steadfast boldness. Set your heart on facing off with any opposition and adversity in your life with a sure faith that God will control and will see you through whatever comes against him and his word. In fact, his word will stand when everything else will fall. Even the earth will burn up in the atmosphere and all creation is going to burn up one day. But his word shall stand forever and ever. And God is allowing these young men to be tested right here. And so this principle is to face the angry enemy with boldness. See, what happened was the king got mad. The scripture says in, in verse 12 that the enemies of these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, pointed fingers at them and, and told on them to the king. And the king was mad. The Bible says, uh, when they told the king that they do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up, then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And the Bible says that can, the king said, is it true that you do not serve my gods? And of course they said yes. And he said, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you will just, when you hear the music, bow down and worship uh, we'll be fine. Everything will be good. But if you do not, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now, they were face to face with the most powerful king on the earth. And they had to make a decision. And they made a decision right here. Then they became a powerful testimony right here of boldness and steadfastness under severe pressure. These three young men stand out in all of history of saying, Everybody can go the way of the world. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said it. Jesus said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And Jesus also said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Job said in 14.1, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We know when we come against the world and Satan and the adversary, we're going to have suffering. We're going to have adversity. But, beloved, when you stand against the, the enemy and when you stand against the world and you refuse to compromise, God will help you through that adversity, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you'll find he's right there with you the whole time. So I want to encourage you today to be bold. Stand for the truth of God. Stand for the promise of God in his word. Don't back up. Don't compromise. Don't uh, try to soft shoe the word of God. God is true and his word is true. And, and stand up and be bold for Christ and stake your 
flag on the highest hill of, of Calvary and be bold for the Lord, and he'll bless that. But I'll give you the fourth principle is trust God completely without wavering. Their response was golden. When the king said, who's the God who's going to deliver you from my hands? Uh, they said to him, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, but even if he doesn't deliver us, that's okay. Let it be known, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. They stood up. They proclaimed, even if God doesn't save us, now we believe he will. Uh, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to serve your gods, O king. That is faith. That is trust in God without swerving to the right or the left. And beloved, you may have lost your job. You may be suffering through this coronavirus lockdown. Uh, you may be dis in despair. You may be discouraged. But whatever the adversity in your life, God knows it. Let me tell you, he will give you the strength. You stand up in faith and declare that you're trusting in the living God, the one true and living God, and he will carry you through. The king was so angry, he got his strongest men to tie him up and throw him in the fire. And even those men lost their life when the three Hebrew men were thrown in the fire. Let me give you a promise. God says in his word in Isaiah 43, but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Beloved, God is going to see you through this trial. He's going to help you. You will see that he never lets his children down. Trust God completely without compromise, without wavering, and don't buckle And when you're tested. Believe in God and the promise of God. And you will see what he'll do for you. Let me give you the fifth principle. Wait on the answer from the Lord. You see, uh, they were thrown in the fire, and there was this pause, this pregnant pause. And all of a sudden, the king looked into the fire intently, and he saw a fourth man in the furnace. He saw the three Hebrew men walking around with the ropes uh, burnt off, they were untouched, and when they came out of the fire, even they didn't even smell like smoke. And the fourth man in the furnace was talking to him. He had appeared in the fire, and there he was as if the form of the Son of God. Let me tell you, beloved, God is right there with you in that adversity. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Wait on God. Wait on the living God to help you. That fourth man in the furnace is the son of God. Beloved, the same God who appeared in the furnace to miraculously save his servants from the fire is the same God who stepped down out of heaven 2,000 years ago and came into our world as a baby born in Bethlehem and grew up 
to minister as a traveling teacher and preacher and healer and then went all the way to that old agonizing cross in Jerusalem on the top of that Golgotha hill as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the same God who was laid in that old stone tomb on the edge of Jerusalem on Friday evening, but he's the same God that came out of the tomb that Sunday morning, hallelujah, with a mighty earthquake and a glorious display of victory and power because he is the conqueror and that's your God. That's my God. And he says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. No matter what you're going through, friend, Jesus has declared victory. And Jesus has won the victory over sin and death and Satan in the grave. Wait on him. Expect him to move and he will do just as he promised. And whatever he's promised, he will fulfill. And I want to give you the last principle is expect God to receive glory from your life. When you go through the trial, you go through the adversity, and you trust him, and you watch him move, then expect God to receive glory. The Bible says that God was glorified. When Nebuchadnezzar saw what happened, he humbled himself and said, there's no God like this God. This God is the living God. And he declared God, Yahweh over all the empire, he alone to be worshiped. And God was glorified, and the people of God were strongly encouraged, and the faith of the children of God grew tremendously through this time. Let me give you a last point. The prophet Malachi in the third chapter speaks of God refining us by fire. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. There was a Bible study group studying this passage, and the leader decided to find out more about purifying silver. So he went to the local silversmith. And as they watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and he let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver that you need to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames are hottest to burn away all the impurities. And they thought again about that verse from Malachi. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined, and he said, yes. Not only do I have to sit holding the silver, but I have to keep my eyes on the silver the entire time it's in the fire. He explained that if he left it a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. He was then asked, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He said, that's easy, when I see my image in it. Beloved, you may be going through the fire, but God is tending the fire and he knows exactly what he's doing and he's just burning some impurities out of your life and my life and showing his glory and his image in you. I pray this week that you'll experience the mighty deliverance from the Spirit of God and the power of God and the love of God as you go through your adversity and you find that he will not leave you and he'll accomplish his purposes in you. So count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and that patience is going to have its work in your life, bringing about what God wants through this process that he has set in place. And I pray that God will bless you this week. And I look forward to seeing you next week, beloved. Love you and appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Crestview Inspiration. May this ministry touch your heart, encourage you, and strengthen you. And may the Lord bless you in your spiritual walk this week. So on behalf of the Crestview family, we invite you back next week, Friday at 10 a.m. on WPTL as we spread the good news of Jesus.